Chapter 5, The Book of Mormon and Catastrophism In addition to the cataclysms described in the Old and New Testaments, the Book of Mormon contains numerous references to catastrophic phenomena. For example, the Nephite prophets said much concerning the judgments which attended the birth and death of the Savior. Nephi, the son of Lehi, was the first to mention that they, which would befall his people. He quoted the Jewish prophet Zenos as saying that three days of darkness would be the sign of his death of the Son of God. Quote, For thus spake the prophet, The Lord surely shall visit all the house of Israel that day, some with his voice because of their righteousness, unto the, their great joy and salvation, and other with thunderings and lightnings of his power, by tempest, by fire, and by spoke, and by vapor of darkness, and by opening of the earth, and by mountains which shall be carried up. End quote. In this particular interesting Oh, no. It is particularly interesting, in light of Velikovsky's thesis, to note the enumeration of the signs attending the Savior's crucifixion. Samuel the Lamanite was one of the prophets called as a harbinger of the destructions to attend the Savior's death. Quote, Yea, at the time that he shall yield up the ghost, there shall be thunderings and lightnings for the space of many hours, and the earth shall shake and tremble. And the rocks which are upon the face of the earth, which are both above the earth and beneath, which ye know at this time are solid, or the more part of it is one solid mass, shall be broken up, yea, they shall be rent in twain, and shall ever after be found in seams and in cracks, and in fragments upon the face of the whole earth, yea, both above and above the earth and beneath. And behold, there shall be great tempests, and there shall be many mountains laid low, like unto a valley. And there shall be many places which are now called valleys, which shall become mountains, which height is great. And many highways shall be broken up, and many cities shall become desolate. And behold, thus saith the angel spoken unto me, for he said unto me that there should be thunderings and lightnings for the space of many hours. And he said unto me that while the thunder and lightning lasted in the tempest, that these things should be, and the darkness should cover the face of the whole earth for the space of three days. End quote. Samuel also declared that the sun shall be darkened and refuse to give his light unto you, and, and also the moon and the stars. Confusion of day and night. It is also interesting to note that when he, what he said concerning the sign of the birth of Christ, that it would be a day and a night and a day, which would be as if were one day and there were no night. He made it very clear that there would be no disruption of the earth's rotation. Quote, For ye shall know of the rising of the sun and also of its setting. Therefore, they shall know of a surety that there shall be two days and a night. Nevertheless, the night shall not be darkened and it shall be as the night before he was born. End quote. It may well be that Samuel emphasized this point because he may have been trying to emphasize a small but significant difference between the events accompanying the birth and death of the Savior and those of former eras, example the Exodus, when the earth's rotation had been halted. Though the survivors of prior disruptions were confused as to the amount of time that paused while the earth stood still, Samuel seems to have indicated to the Nephites that there would be no such confusion at that time, even though the destructions would be reminiscent of past destructions. It took them by surprise. The Book of Mormon then recounts that it came to pass in the thirty and fourth year, in the first month and the fourth day of the month, there arose a great storm, such as one had never been known in all the land. The Nephites had never experienced the type of cataclysm which occurred at the, end, at the time of the crucifixion, they, therefore, did not understand the metaphors and similes used by the prophets in discussing such phenomena. As a result, they were unprepared for what uh, which befell them. Therefore, as Nephi likened the scriptures to his people, perhaps we would do well to liken the experience of the Nephites to our own condition. 
for we have been forewarned by prophecy just as the Nephites had been. A cataclysmic replay. The judgment account... Uh, <laughs> the judgment... The account tells of that which befell them in the day of judgment. Quote, and there were exceeding sharp lightnings, such as never had been known in all the land, and many great and notable cities were sunk, and many were burned, and many were shaken, till the buildings thereof had fallen to the earth, and the inhabitants thereof were slain, and the places were left desolate. End quote. Although the destructions which befell the Nephites do not conform in all particulars to those described in the Exodus, the similarities are many and the pattern is identical. As Samuel prophesied, there was no disruption of the earth's normal rotation during the, this upheaval. Neither was there any precipitation of red dust which turned the waters to blood. There was sufficient ash in the air to blot out the sun for three days, but it seems likely that the ash, dust, and smoke were mostly volcanic, not interplanetary in origin, and most likely came from the volcanoes newly formed in the tremendous shifting of the Earth's crust. The fact that Nephi pointed out that it all began with a great storm, and then escalated to what he calls a great and terrible tempest, without first mentioning the dust and ash, would seem to indicate that the dust and ash came afterwards and were solely volcanic in origin. This and other aspects of the Book of Mormon accounts bear a striking resemblance to accounts of earlier destructions. The plague of darkness in Egypt at the time of the Exodus is described by rabbinical sources in terms that are nearly identical to those used in 3 Nephi to describe the destructions among the Nephites at the Savior's death. Although these two events were separated by approximately 1,500 years, there is remarkable similarity between them. Another near collision? Despite the dissimilarities between the events of the Exodus and the calamities associated with the crucifixion, it is possible that the phenomena experienced by the Nephites were occasioned by a type of planetary encounter. An interplanetary body without a tail or even an atmosphere would inject little, if any, particulate matter into the Earth's atmosphere. The fact that the Earth's rotation was unaffected might have been due to the smaller size of the passing body, and it may have passed quickly, for Nephi stated that the tempest did last for about the space of three hours. This is a very short time compared to the events of the Exodus. Note also that the effects of the disruption were hardly noticed in the Old World, perhaps indicating that the intruder passed not only quickly, but in sync with the Earth's rotation so as to directly affect only one hemisphere. Nephi's comment that the destruction in the North was far worse than in the South would also tend to substantiate that idea. However, lest we underestimate the magnitude of the events described in the Book of Mormon, we should note that the earthquake was not a localized phenomenon. The New Testament laconian, laconically, laconically describes the scene on the other side of the world following the crucifixion. And there was a darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened. Matthew added that the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Apparently the manifestations in Jerusalem were much more subdued than those in Zarahemla. The duration and magnitude of the tremors indicated more than just a large earthquake. This earthquake was apparently global in scope. A disruption of that magnitude may not easily be explained by internal forces. An external force would seem more likely to have been the cause of the great destructions and geologic changes described in the Book of Mormon. Another striking similarity of the Book of Mormon account to earlier destructions is the statement that most of the cities were destroyed and left desolate. Velikovsky noted that such encounters left entire civilizations in ruins. Ancient accounts told of terrible bolts of lightning and thunder, earthquakes and tempests. It appears that the Nephites were no exception, for behold, 
The face of the earth, or face of the land, was changed because of the tempests and the whirlwinds and the thunderings and lightnings, and the exceeding great quaking of the whole earth. Nephi made it plain. Looking elsewhere in the Book of Mormon for a substantiation of the theory of catastrophism, we find that Nephi, the son of Helaman, made a very interesting statement concerning phenomena associated with disruptions of the rotation of the earth. Quote, For behold, the dust of the earth moveth hither and thither to the dividing asunder. At the command of our great and everlasting God, yea, behold, at his voice do the hills and the mountains tremble and quake. And by the power of his voice they are broken up and become smooth, yea, even like unto a valley. Yea, by the power of his voice doth the whole earth shake. Yea, by the power of his voice do the foundations rock even to the very center. Yea, and if he say unto the earth, Move, it is moved. Yea, if he say unto the earth, Thou shalt go back, that it lengthen out the day for many hours, it is done. And thus, according to his word, the earth goeth back, and it appeareth unto man that the sun sendeth still. Yea, and behold, this is so, for surely it is the earth that moveth, and not the sun. End quote. In all of scripture, there is no better analysis of the geophysical and cosmological relationships seen to occur as the rotation of the earth is disrupted. Nephi understood that the earth's rotation has been disrupted in the past. He even listed it with the other natural effects of disrupted rotation, i.e. rifts in the earth's crust, the collapse of mountains, the earthquakes resulting in the wrenching of the entire lithosphere. Science says it could happen. One of the most awesome of the list of effects generated by a body nearing colliding with the earth is the slowing and even stopping of the earth's rotation. Velikovsky maintained that this is one of the prime effects of the collision scenario. Most scientists dismiss this as pure fantasy, stating that such a disruption would throw the Earth's inhabitants into space and destroy the Earth. But Velikovsky was adamant. He insisted that ancient records were replete with eyewitnesses, accounts of the Earth stopping in place and even rotating backwards. Very recently, several scientists, among them Dr. Carl Sagan, has conceded that if the Earth's rotation could somehow be slowly be slowed gradually in the space of several hours, it would not result in the fragmentation of the planet, though it would cause great disruptions. The Earth's inhabitants would not even sense the deceleration because it would be so gradual, although they would suffer the secondary effects of the disruption, i.e. earthquakes, worldwide volcanic activity, massive heating, etc. Nephi said it does happen. The Book of Mormon, as well as all authentic records of antiquity, contains accounts of past catastrophes. It also seems that Nephi understood that the earth had stopped rotating during past cataclysms, and in a manner that is characteristic of the Nephite prophets, he plainly set forth what he understood. Indeed, the Book of Mormon seems to substantiate the theory of catastrophism. Quote, and thus the face of the whole earth became deformed, because of the tempests and the thunderings and the lightnings and the quaking of the earth. End quote. 